Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You know, Ryan, there are a lot of topics that I could open today's show with. A baseball broadcaster broke his wrist and ribs on the Bernie Brewer slide. Flyers fans have less confidence in their front office than any other fan base in the NHL. The team even misspelled Travis Sanheim's name in an email recently. But I decided that this tweet from listener Ewan Flyers was the best path to go down. Ewan sent us a tweet that says, I live in the Highlands of Scotland, and there is an American diner where they sell some merch, too. They must think this is the pinnacle of U.S. culture and then put a vomit emoji. And the picture that he included, you know, what our Highlander friend over there sent us, was a Dallas Cowboys sweatshirt. This was, of course, to make fun of you for your love of the Dallas Cowboys new helmet design. You know me, Steve. I'm a huge Cowboys supporter. I've been a Cowboy fan since Emmett Smith broke the all-time Russian record. So, let me just tell you, I... Lifelong. Lifelong. How about them cowboys? Oh my god, is Barry Switzer on the line? Holy shit. How about them cowboys? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, so as, as Twitter user number 23 Rob pointed out, the inner crest on this sweatshirt says, Cowboys. C-O-M-B-O-Y-S. How about them cowboys? I shouldn't say it again. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think we've said it enough. But Once the fact enough. that it was, the fact that it was misspelled was friggin' hysterical to me. I didn't even notice it the first time. The first time I was just like, "Oh yeah, that's a that's a good dunk on Ryan's laughing." <laughs> and you know, of course, like the American diner in Scotland is going to have one piece of football merchandise, and that's the the Dow- America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. But the fact that Cowboys was misspelled on this is a plain Jane ninety sweatshirt here, a gray sweatshirt, no hood or anything. How about them Cowboys? How about them Commie Boys? Am I right? Love the comments. They wouldn't like being called that. I, 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 if there's one thing I know about Texas, they do not like being called commies. That's what I view. That's how I view the entire Dallas Cowboys fan base. Like, I'm more it's just fond, one big collective. I'm more that fond, shares resources. I'm more fond of communists than Dallas Cowboys fans. Oh I, hell yeah! Absolutely, <laughs> like, it's not even close. I can hang out Com- with a communist. It's yeah, okay. Call me up. Anything but the Dallas Cowboys. They're just worse than anything. Take me go over birds, to- am I right? Go birds! Let's go the birds. 
we're we're almost at birds time and i'm excited because i it's we should be saying it's almost hockey time but i know i don't care we are and, not going down that road this is now an eagles podcast you know there's a reason that that fan confidence poll that they did on the athletic the flyers were dead last in the entire nhl and this was in the the front office the confidence in the front office and no other team was lower than what flyers fans and that feels right we are aware the senators were during the 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 taxi saga. <laughs> yeah. Like that's like when the whole taxi thing was happening in like, you know, the video and like that's like we are where senators fans were during that. That's where we are right now. And it really is sad and disheartening to think about. It is sad and disheartening. And that's uh that's Flyers hockey for you right now. And I I think you said <laughs> that there was an an update on our favorite mystery beard, Ryan Ellis, just before we started recording today. Yes. So Adam Kimmelman of NHL.com just tweeted seven minutes ago, precisely. Um, Ryan Ellis could miss the start of the season for the Flyers, Tortorella says. Steve, let me tell you, I'm shocked. Just, I'm completely just surprised by this. I'm caught off guard. Didn't see anything like this coming because Ryan Ellis, as we know, has played so many games in a Flyers uniform, has committed himself to the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I mean, I just don't know how, I mean, just blow after blow. And now there's this. And it's just like, how can I even look at the orange and black with any confidence right now? (laughs) so sad it's like one of the saddest times i can remember maybe the saddest ever in the entirety of flyers history right here and the, you know the marketing department can't even spell sandheim right because, uh, <laughs> yeah. travi ballin 26 pointed out on twitter in and i i got this email myself and i looked it up and yep it was misspelled they misspelled sandheim in a promotional email as sandheim sandheim San and you know they should have just pivoted to the San High Five. You know, really lean into it. Go get a San High Five today from Travis. That would be much better. But be yeah, anything they... be better. Jeez, like they can't even do a basic marketing email right. Come on, guys. In all seriousness about the Ryan Ellis thing, I do feel so bad for him because like he is a good, legitimately a very good player. I'd say he's a great player. He's very good. And he's just... We got three games with him last year, and he was magnificent in them. If he continued the season, he would have led the NHL in points. (laughs) Like, he was playing so well. And obviously, like, that wouldn't have been sustainable, of course. But, like, he is... Like, he's obviously very, very good. And it just sucks that these... The thing with the Flyers is, like, it's not even the injuries. It's not that players get injured because every team has injuries to all their players. It's that the Flyers have the weirdest mystery phantom injuries that just, like, happen. And no one – there's no explanation. There's no rhyme or reason. They just disappear. And it's like they just get tossed into the upside down, and then they just come back. It's like, what's up, guys? And we're like, what? What? Where'd you go? They're just – I guess the only explanation the Flyers can give us is nothing medical. It's just a curse, some sort of ancient curse on the Wells Fargo Center. We just have to bring the statue back, Steve, at the end of the day. Sam? Is that you, Sam? (laughs) They're going to do the pitch. Got to bring back the statue. Got to bring back the statue. Oh, my God. Maybe if they – maybe it's not the Kate Smith statue – Maybe maybe the the curse isn't the fact that it's the Kate Smith statue, but just the fact that there's a lack of a statue at all. 
Like maybe they just need to put a statue. There's plenty of statues out there. There's an Ed Snyder statue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a Bernie Perrant and Bobby Clark statue. There's plenty of statues. But maybe where that statue stood was the key. Like what if we put maybe like the weight of that statue in that place was what was pushing the button for the flyers to be good. So now no, all we have to that do that statue. No, no, sir. No, sir. No, 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 the I'm Andrew saying... McDonald statue is not the solution. <laughs> right, That's exactly where I just was going. Starfishing his way out there and showing us how you play proper gritty defense. No, <laughs> this building has been cursed from day one. It's very obvious. Oh man. I'm, I'm like low key. Very sad that you sniffed out where I was going there. Come on, come on. Anytime Andrew McDonald is even in the area, you can sniff that out. And it's because he loves hot dogs. He eats, you know, <laughs> 10 pounds of hot dogs and relish every day. And you can smell it coming a mile away. I was also going to say it could put like the statue could also be the Dutch Gretzky. Gretzky but Oh, Delvis. Delvis. The Delvis statue is coming very soon. The Dutch Gretzky, you know, we have to remember his time here accordingly. Okay. This this is so not on our little like sheet that we made for the show, but like I just this is an interesting think piece. If you had to, if you if we let's pretend the Flyers are like we have to put a statue back, like where the Kate Smith statue was. Yikes! Who would you want to be the statue? Like Giroux is the obvious like question or the the obvious answer, but like. If you eliminate Giroux, who, like, what other, who doesn't have a statue? Is Bobby Clark on that? Bobby Clark and Bernie Perrant have a statue with the Stanley Cup out by Bullies. Okay, so they have a statue. So they, they have a statue. I mean, the the serious answer is Gene Hart would be a great person yeah. to memorialize with a statue. I think that would be awesome, having a Gene Hart statue. I, I really support that because one of my favorite things in Citizens Bank Park is the Harry Callis statue that they have out there. That thing is awesome, and I smile every time I see it because Harry the K was the best. So a uh, Gene Hart statue would be well warranted. I mean, you mentioned Claude Giroux, Eric Lindros, you know, they're, I, a Legion of Doom statue would oh, be, that'd be awesome. freaking killer. Yeah. But I think ultimately there's one answer for this, and this is the only answer I will accept, and that's Steve Coates. Where's my Coatsy statue? I need a Steve Coatsy statue. Coatsy? Coatsy! Who, Come right, on! Steve Coates. Um, Steve Coates. Who else? Uh, all right, so... Uh, oh, Tim Panaccio. Tim Panaccio, yeah, with uh, some Barolo. That'd be great. CB. CB, baby. Some Dr. Pepper. <laughs> He's got Barolo in one hand and Dr. P in the other. <laughs> I just... I can't... Slamming Sammy! No. Slamming Sammy with with the bullhorns on the Broad Street Bull himself. Ah, oh, kind of like the the broad like the the bull the bull <laughs> statue on uh, what's it called uh, on Wall Street. Wall Street, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, but a minotaur, a Sam Carcini minotaur. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> it's broad Street Bull. Sam, if you're listening, we support you. He's not listening. I guarantee you. He's not listening. Listen, Steve. I think you're underestimating the wide, just how big an audience we have. Oh, yeah. We're known nationally. Yeah. We're an, yeah, sure. We are an Emmy winning podcast. We are an Emmy winning podcast. That was my original intro before this. I added all that shit. People yes. forget this. Congratulations to Quiggs on the Emmy, the actual Emmy winner in this household here. I don't know what you're talking about. That Emmy's for both of us. Flyperbole. Oh, is that right? Yes. Okay. Flyperbole. So we've had. 
We've had one Bob McKenzie mention, and we've got the semi. So that's, I think, you know, let's call it a day. I think <laughs> oh my actually God. Enough. I forgot Bob McKenzie mentioned us. <laughs> Bob McKenzie has said the word fly verbally before. So I'm, oh, you know, man. that was still an amazing <laughs> moment in the history of this podcast right there. I totally forgot about that. Wow. Oh um, my God. Yeah. I mean, you've got, you, you've got some other luminaries that you could have up there. You could have the Dan line from the nineties, just a line of goons. Uh, uh, Trent Clatt. Why isn't there a Trent Clatt statue? He has a golf tournament for us every year. It's the 125th annual Trent Clatt memorial, not memorial. He's not dead. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Annual Trent Clatt invitational. That's the word I'm looking for. We got to get ready for the golf tournament of the year. Okay. Trent Clad statue needs to happen. He's raised so much money for orphans from his golf tournament. How can we not have a statue for the man? I mean, the gritty statue has to be coming, right? Oh yeah, it's gonna piss old yeah. timers off. I'm all for that. It. I'm all I'm for all for it. Speak of oh, the, the devil, Manaluk statue. <laughs> Speak of the devil, gritty. It something very chaotic just got. He just tweeted something very odd. First they ran from me. Our gritty. Our gritty. Could you imagine? First they ran from me. Now they run with me, the Gritty 5K. And it's a video of him painting a hot dog, running through confetti, um, throwing cakes at people. Yeah, he's having, oh, he's just getting showered in, in bunless hot dog wieners. Um, so <laughs> just wieners everywhere. Wieners all over the place. This is already a very I, sexual you know, pod that we're doing today. Listen, I I watched Industry yesterday, and they had a lot of wieners on that show. So it's just been a wiener filled couple days for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just how she goes. The gritty five k. I mean, it's it is an event that happens every year, and it does seem like it's uh, chaotic in the best way. Sadly, I cannot physically wake up in time to do any of these events because I'm lazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. same. I will say, if I lived in... You're de- you compared to me, you are definitely not lazy. <laughs> if I lived in... One of us one of us works out. One of us <laughs> tries to work out occasionally. If I lived in, like, South Jersey or, you know, the Philly area, I would definitely try and go out to the Gritty 5K. Like, I've never done a 5K before, um, but, like, my running... Oh, has, I've got you beat there. My running has improved vastly enough where I feel like I could do just fine at the Gritty 5K. Like, it's not that I, I don't know. Like, I just don't know if I can do a 5K because I've never done one. You're, you're in very good shape. I'm sure you could do a 5K. Yeah. And uh, I, I I would have to walk it because I ain't running that shit. That's for sure. Uh, the gritty 5K happens like a mile from my house. I could very easily go. I'm just, again, very lazy. Listen, if there's a reason to not get off the couch, I mean, it has to be a good reason. Listen, I finally have air conditioning in my house again in my living room. So my my long, very local nightmare is over. So there's no reason to ever leave my living room again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. Especially now with your new uh, appliance. Listen, my appliance is on Wi-Fi, okay? I'm now in the 21st century, so I can start my air conditioner from anywhere. Oh, no, not even so. that appliance. The, the other appliance. Oh, We're I, not going to talk about that, though, because who knows no, what kind of psychos this. can... Yes. yes. I was I was worried that the psychos in the, the mail office would steal this uh, appliance, so let's not talk yeah, about yeah, no. me having this top-secret device that I'm very excited to play with. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were, we were talking about Coatsy a few minutes ago, and I, I was thinking about, did you see the clip of the baseball broadcaster who went down the Bernie Brewer slide and... 
and broke his wrist and ribs. So I haven't seen this and I want to react to it in real time. Okay, you look that up. I'm going to talk about this real quick because this just seems like something that I feel like should have happened to a Philly broadcaster. And I'm surprised it didn't. But this guy goes down the slide and he goes like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. (laughs) It doesn't even look like that big of an impact. But I mean, he got screwed up from it. And I could see like Steve Coates doing something like that. I, I miss him on the TV or, you know, Greg Murphy, probably for the Phillies. I'm shocked he never went down the Bernie Brewer slide and but Coatsy I mean I don't think anything can destroy Coatsy so I'm sure he would have gone through the wall at the end instead of uh, bouncing off and hurting himself yeah yeah you know how they call um they call Ovechkin the Russian machine that never breaks yes Coatsy is the media machine that never breaks oh yeah oh he's the the Philly machine that never breaks 100% Coatsy is just a a one-of-a-kind spirit, and I, I love him, and I miss him on the TV. So I'm pulling up this video right right meow, and we're going to see. I want to. You got it, your leader of cola? I do. I do. So here he goes. He's going down the slide. He's having. He's excited, too. Holy crap! <laughs> 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 oh man okay so i did see that before but i had no context of what it was i was like oh, okay, okay i was like on the gym or on the gym i was like on the treadmill at the gym running yeah and i like yeah. looked they had espn and they just showed this guy smacking into the wall on loop and i was like why are they showing this and now i understand that's very funny yeah and when the broadcast goes back to him in his cast, it's just like, oh, my God. Poor <laughs> yeah. son of a bitch. Holy crap. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, man. Just I would say you can't pay me. But you know what? It looks like fun. I would love to go down the Bernie Brewer slide. I guess the Bernie Brewer costume is just providing enough padding that he's not breaking his limbs every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, I feel like that guy didn't do a good enough job of like bracing himself. He kind of like, no. yeah, his wrist shouldn't have been where it was. But I got to say, he picked up a lot more velocity going down that slide than I expected. Yeah, I mean, he was moving pretty good. I don't understand why every sporting event with a mascot doesn't have something ridiculous like this for... Because Bernie Brewer goes down the slide every time the Brewers hit a home run. So I don't understand why there isn't like a, a bell for the Fanatic to physically whack every time the Phillies hit a home run. Or I don't know why Gritty isn't throwing a sheet cake at somebody's face every time they score yeah, a goal. Yeah, like Gritty should do something crazy every single time. It's But it has to be something different, I think, with Gritty because he is a force of chaos and... Gritty needs to mix things up because if Gritty does the same thing over and over again, well, that's just not Gritty. Yeah. Like the one thing I will give to the state of Ohio is that they do have the cannons and like, it's like, I know it scares everyone, but it's, it's a unique thing. (laughs) Scares Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah. Yeah. And like, God, I still can't believe he willingly signed with a hockey team that's in Ohio and has cannons that scare him. (laughs) Well, it's Chuck Fletcher's fault, which we'll it is. It's his, it's all yeah. his fault. But like, yeah, like I am like, at least it's a unique thing that they have there, you know, and I I support that. I support I feel like the Flyers need to do something. What's I don't know. What's uh, maybe if maybe every time the Flyers score a goal, cheese whiz should shoot everywhere. Oh, man, that is that is a an idea that will end in a few deaths and a lot of messes. 
potentially heart attacks because some people. That's could... what the deaths are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that wins. <People> just... <laughs> it's a thick cheese substance, and it's uh, it's just artery clogged city, basically. Oh yeah. People yeah. just opening their mouths as it fountains into their esophagus. Oh my God. What about uh, just hoagie fest? They shoot hoagies out of a cannon and wrapped hoagies that you have to catch. You ever think about how the United States was founded during Hoagie Fest? I do a lot. George Washington, of course, floated across the Delaware on a hoagie to take out some Hessians while they were sleeping on Christmas Eve, as we all know. Yeah. God. <laughs> it's a it's a national holiday. It was a licious roll. That's what they, <laughs> they floated over in. It was delicious. They ate it after they got over the Delaware. Oh, man. Before it was all polluted, you know, you could just eat bread out of the Delaware at that point. Folks, I want to just iterate that we are totally sober right now as we're recording this. Speak for yourself. (laughs) It is 2.54 on a Monday afternoon and I'm sipping espresso. So I definitely am uh, as sober as it gets right now. But we're talking about Johnny Gaudreau and the cannons and they're... So, uh, who was it on Twitter that posted a picture of this guy had a a fire Chuck Fletcher sign, and he claims that Johnny Gaudreau signed the sign. And oh, can you look up who the user was for this? I I totally missed who. Yeah, actually I wrote a story this. about that. Um, you did. Yeah, BroadStreetHockey.com, which is the yes. site that you should read. But w- my comment on this, okay, number one, we all have a pet theory on Broad Street Hockey that. Johnny signed this thing, and then the guy wrote Ch- Fire Chuck Fletcher. Who knows if that's actually the case? I find it very funny, the idea that Johnny Gaudreau would sign a sign that says Fire Chuck Fletcher. But <laughs> the funniest part to me is this continued use of, like, old cardboard box signs. Buy a poster <laughs> board, fellas. Come on. It's not hard. Okay, so here's my theory. I think, I think he signed the Fire Chuck Fletcher sign, like... After it, it already said fire truck Fletcher. And the reason why is because if he didn't, like if he gave him that gigantic piece of cardboard, I feel like he would have put his autograph in like the center of it. And he didn't. It's in the corner. So you can read the words. Oh, I think this guy asked for it right there. Oh, I, think, okay. I, I think this is what happened. I think he said, can you sign this right here? And he's like, yeah, sure. Whatever. And then he put it on. But Again, it's a lot funnier to think that he saw this sign that says fire Chuck Fletcher and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm signing this. You should totally fire Chuck Fletcher. That's that that signature is. I saw a thing somewhere on the Internet. I can't remember where and I don't care enough to look. Apparently, the guy (laughs) apparently it was legit. Apparently, there were witnesses around who say that like Goudreau saw like like read the sign and was like kind of hesitant to do it. But then he was like, all right. And he did. So, like, that's what some people are saying. Many people are saying this. I mean, it could be it could be the case, but, uh, hey, uh, <laughs> good on Johnny, then, for getting his endorsement of firing Chuck Fletcher out there. I, I hope that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you find out who it was? I always like to give the uh, the old stick uh, tap the to the person doing this is, stuff. I'm going to destroy your name. I'm sorry, f- brother. Uh, it's uh, Massimo Shiano. At Moss Goalie okay. One on the Twitter. All right. There we go. Well, <laughs> if real or not, it's funny regardless. 
Oh, yeah. No, it's very funny. It's just, yeah. At the end of the day, there's what I like about it is that there's not really, at least that I've seen, any evidence supporting that it isn't a legitimate thing that, ha- like, you know, I, I think he, yeah. I like to believe that he actually did it. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with that. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. I'm yeah. all about it. But is that funnier than the New York Islanders spending all this time doing nothing in the off season to not come away with Nazem Kadri? Oh my God, Steve. I'm so happy. But like, and I, I will say I was one of those people that was very like, I was totally like, oh yeah, he's obviously going to the Islanders. And I'm so happy to be wrong because it's just funny to me that the Isles kind of blew it this offseason. Big you time. You blew it. You blew it. A hundred percent blew it. And anytime Lou Lamorello is not happy, I'm very happy. He's just a miserable man. Like during the draft, during the draft lottery, when they were showing all the jams and he's just sitting there looking like the prophet of regret from Halo 3. I'm like, dude, you look, he, he just looks so miserable. The prophet of regret. Yeah. That's, that's an amazing name right there. He No, he, he does not. He's the literal devil. He's a guy who's just ruined hockey, made hockey as unfun as po- possible at any turn. And I love when he's miserable. And I love that he fired the best head coach in the NHL. I know. And I love that he didn't come away with, I don't know, one of the top three free agents available this offseason. And... The Flames brought him in. The, so the Flames ended up with Kadri at a pretty reasonable, well, not reasonable, but the term is crazy. Like seven years for a 31-year-old, you know, tough-nosed center is kind of nuts to me. Seven years at seven million. The cap hit's not as bad as I was expecting, to be totally honest with you. And all they really had to do to clear space was they traded Sean Monaghan to the Canadians with, uh, I believe it was a... What kind of first round pick was it? I'm, I'm missing the term. What is it? I cannot remember. Let's take a look. See. Okay. So essentially like, a, you know, a first round pick that depends on certain circumstances. Happening. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the term is for that. I know there's an official term that I should have written on the sheet, but I forgot to. Wah, wah, wah. But the thing is GMing is hard and there's no way Chuck Fletcher could have done it. No, you like can't this. listen. You can't in, in Philadelphia. You just can't move cap. That's how it works. Everyone knows that's in the CBA. Like everyone is allowed to move trade players and contracts except for the Flyers. Can't move crap in Philadelphia. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like my thing is that like, I, I really don't know what to like. If they managed to sign the Islanders, if they managed to sign Kadri, then I would have gone into the season, even though they moved on from um, Barry Trotz. I still would have been like, yeah, the like the I like they could still be a good team. Like I wouldn't be shocked if they, you know, snuck into like the playoff race or whatever. Now I have absolutely no idea what to make of the Islanders. And like Stephen Wino, who covers the Capitals for the Associated Press, he responded. He said, "That's exactly how Lou wants it. You know nothing, and it's true. That could be what this team like. This team could end up being kind of good somehow." But like, I'm going to be honest with you, like right now, like I could see it going either way, but like I'm now I'm starting to lean towards them being just total, complete dumpster fire. Maybe they're stealth tanking. Maybe they are. But I think they really wanted 
Kadri here. I, I really firmly believe they were in on Kadri, and then the Flames were just able to clear out the space, and that's who we chose. So, but uh, you know, it sucks to suck, Lou. And then he came out with this quote that uh, Frank Wyshynski had, or Greg Wyshynski, who's Frank Wyshynski? Frank. I guess I could combine Sarah Valley and Wyshynski here into one uh, reporting monster, but. <laughs> Wyshynski put this quote out there and said, there's no disappointment where we're at because we feel very good about who we are. Who would have made drastic changes this offseason? We're looking forward to getting back at it and maybe proving everybody wrong. Sure, yeah. Jan. Sure, Jan. Yeah. Uh, no, they're not going to be proving anyone wrong. That's the spoiler alert. Yeah. It's just, yeah, like they they whiffed on Kadri. They whiffed on this entire offseason. They didn't do anything. And now here they are entering the 2022-23 season with a bunch of beardless players who just don't know, like they're just not good enough. And now they don't even have the best coach in hockey to make them, to kind of like, you know, make them play better than what they actually are. <sighs> That's a shame. You hate to see it. Yeah, hate to see it. You just hate to see it. Well, you don't hate to see. Are the Flyers' prospects doing well in the World Juniors? And a couple of them did pretty darn well. Specifically, the one that you really wouldn't have... Like, a lot of people were focused on Tyson Forrester going into this. And Tyson Forrester was pretty good. He had six points in seven games, three goals, three assists. He looked good. Looked pretty confident on his goals. You know, skating looks like it's improving. So hopefully Forrester is getting close there. But the one that people were really talking about was... And I, I didn't even know his name was pronounced like this until I saw a clip the other day. Emil Andrea. What I thought was Emil Andre. Okay. I still don't know what the pronunciation is because I think we are, we are talking about this in the Slack chat and I think it was Maddie. Someone said that it's Andre. I don't, I, that's how they pronounced it on the clip I heard that NHL had linked to. They said Emil Andrea, which reminded me of my, my ex-girlfriend's yeah. name was Andrea. And one time my, my <laughs> grandma came out and said, here you go, Andrea, and handed her a drink, and then my family just made fun of my grandma for like three hours after that. Oh, here you go, Andrea, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. I feel like this is one of those names where we're going to need like verbal confirmation from him how you say it. Because I like, yeah, I, I don't I don't really know which one. I'm like, I'm still saying Emil Andre. How, how do we make this South Philly eyes then? Do we call him like uh, Andy? Andy's or something like that, or like uh, Eric. Is it like email? Email just become like Eric. Eric Andre. <laughs> Eric. Is he Eric Andre? Yeah, he's just Eric Andre. Need. Let me in. <laughs> that's what he's trying to get into the NHL. Uh, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I heard that and it blew my mind. He said Emil Andre. I'm like, oh, excuse me, excuse me. I just I don't know. I'm I'm not a fan of that pronunciation. Like Emil Andre just sounds way cooler than Emil Andrea. I agree. I agree. That's why I was so taken aback by this pronunciation here. But regardless, let's just call him Emil Andre today. Emil had eight points in seven games played, four goals, four assists, and it really it just tailed off because before that, I think it was eight points in five games at one point, and he was the leading scorer, ended up being the second leading D-man in points. He was the leading scoring D-man, mind you. He ended up being the second leading D-man in points, but just a hell of a World Juniors performance from him, and I, I, a guy that I don't think was quite on the radar of the Flyers' prospects as much as some other guys until uh, this performance. So I've been a huge fan of his um, 
for a while. Um, I remember the year they drafted him. It was the year that like the draft was in October for whatever reason. And um, I think it was because of COVID. And they drafted him on my birthday, October 7th. And I was like, this is the best birthday ever. <laughs> like I'm so excited for the second Happy round. Happy birthday pick. to me. <laughs> yeah. But like I really I've really enjoyed his play. Um he's like a smaller defenseman, but like he plays big, if that makes sense. Like he's he can like he can hit. And not like not like Robert Haig hit. Like he can actually like throw the body around. No micro hits like body bag Haig. Oh, I'm sure he can do some micro hits too. Anyone can do some micro hits, but I mean yeah, but I think um, I don't know. I like. I think he's got really good offensive upside, and I think he's good enough defensively, despite his size, that he could be a legit player in the NHL. I'm not saying he's going to be like a Norris candidate or anything like that. I don't think that at all. But, but as we've discussed before, like you, you don't need every guy to win the Norris. You just need a bunch of solid guys in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if he hits his ceiling, he could be a real solid um, second pair defenseman if he hits his ceiling. And obviously that's not a guarantee, but like I do like his potential a lot and I'm happy the Flyers got him in the second round of that draft. Yeah. And I, I, you love to see it. You love to see guys with scoring ability out there that could potentially step in on defense. I think Charlie had said that, you know, his ceiling might be more of like a second pair guy, but that's, you need guys like that. And I'm all about it. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, at this point, the Flyers just need anyone with, talent that they can get and this guy talent does seem to have nice he does seem to have some like actual offensive talent which is great so yeah i just hope they don't ruin him because that just seems to be what they do yeah it's kind of their forte at this point so andre had a nice nice series right there forrester seemed to have a pretty good series too uh elliot denoyer not so much one assist in seven games played so not really uh quite up to the standards of the other two guys here. But, you know, it's just one tournament. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he's still kind of young, too, I think. Uh, wait, how old is Denoye? I just had his information up. He is... He was born in 2002. <laughs> so he's 20. Oh, that's... Oh, uh, okay, so he's a little older that's than That's depressing. Thought. 2002. But, but you know what? Like, he's still... He was born after 9-11, Ryan. He's born after 9-11. That's wild to think about. That's... It, I I'm just going to walk into the ocean now, <laughs> but he has like, I don't know. I've been really encouraged by what I've seen from him from like, you know, in the queue, like in the queue, he's been performing pretty well. Um, so I don't know. Like they now nav- listen, people are, I, I pe- pe- his stock has risen a lot ever since he's like that one year he had like a couple years ago, or maybe I can't remember which season it was, but like, he kind of like went off low key and a lot of Flyers fans are like, ooh, this Denoye guy. Like, at the end of the day, he's a fifth-round pick. Yeah. Like, if he doesn't pan out, like, it's kind of to be expected. Fifth-round picks don't always pan out. Yeah, it's a real crapshoot once you hit the fifth round right there. I think the thing is his name's just cool. His name looks like it, – it looks so close to Destroyer. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like Destroyer. It's Denoye. But <laughs> it looks like Destroyer, and that's cool. Yeah. And yeah. I like that he's kind of like a little bastard on the ice, too. Apparently he's he likes to mix it up. We like the little bastards on the ice here. We are a big fan of those guys in Philadelphia. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah. 
Now, you know, we kind of glossed over Forrester a little bit. Did you get to watch? I didn't really get to watch a ton of the World Juniors, but uh, did you get to watch them at all? And how did uh, Tyson Forrester look? Because this is a guy, you know, one of the most highly anticipated prospects in the pipeline for the Flyers right now. I didn't watch it as closely as I normally do. I, I It was just like, for some reason, it was just like weird that it was happening in August. Um, and over the last couple weeks I've had like a little more time off and so I've just been like doing nothing because I haven't been able to just do nothing and not think <laughs> for a long time so I kind of use it's that nice time to do to just... it sounds stupid but it's it's nice to just yeah. do nothing sometimes like I it was just nice having a total mental refresh so um I didn't watch too much of it but I did watch the gold medal game um and yeah, I, I mean, I do like what I saw from Forrester from what I did see of him. Um, his shot is still like he, the thing with him, like his number one thing is like, he's absolutely a goal scorer. Um, he's, that's probably what he's going to end up. That's likely going to be his calling card when he gets to the NHL one day. Um, I don't know how much longer he has you know, like, I don't think he'll be on the Flyers for at least a couple more years. Um, but I do like what I saw from him. He was, you know, holding his own. I believe he was skating on the second line. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely on a pretty good path right now. And I think he'll be good. And who knows, like, this, this year's Canadian um, uh, gold medal winning team at the World Juniors could be a potentially historic one for the Flyers because you got... Forrester there. You got Dane Oye there. Don't say it. Don't do it. And then... Don't give me hope. And then you have Connor Bedard. Oh. absolutely crushing it. Oh. <laughs> so, he rules. He's so good. He's Blow so it for fun. for Bedard, baby. Blow it for Bedard. His shot is wild. Like, I... Oh, my God. The things I would do to have a shot like that on the Flyers. Give me that. Give me that. I crave it. I crave it. I need it. I just, yeah, I, like, I know. God, like, when the Flyers hired John Tortorella, I was like, at the moment, I was like, happy about it. Because I was like, oh, like, maybe the Flyers, like, can, you know, maybe they'll do stuff in free agency and everything. And they didn't. And now I'm, like, mad that he's the head coach. Because he's going to make them better than they should be when they should be, like, trying to tank and be as terrible as possible. Because we'll, this we'll draft see. is going to we'll be. See. Oh, we'll boy. see. I, I, we could get Vancouver Canucks torts. We could. But, like, I don't There's think. There's not a ton of scoring talent on this team. It's pretty much like Cam Atkinson, Joel Farabee, and question mark. Yeah. But, again, this I don't think this is the same torts that was in Vancouver. Like, we'll he's, see. He's changed a lot since then. We'll see. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people I'm hearing changed on this team, and I don't believe it. But we'll we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if, if they can tank and if they and I know I'm going to get roasted for this, but if they can get lucky. Then that would be amazing if they like, let's pretend they finish like, you know, they just missed the playoffs by a few points. Maybe if it's very have, possible. Oh, yeah. Like, let's pretend they, you know, got just the the stars aligned and they got they won the lottery. Like, oh, my God. I don't don't, don't give me hope. I'd run through the streets naked in Richmond, oh Virginia. I, I don't give me hope. I cannot. I cannot with this. <laughs> we can dream. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Well, folks, the important thing is not, you know, what we might hope and dream for, but what we're more likely to get. And thanks to Twitter user Captain Joseph here, we might be getting a, I I guess you could call it a hyperbole favorite, even though I'm pretty sure neither of us have ever seen this film, but I've certainly said the name of this film many times. We may be getting an R.I.P.D. 2. Oh, baby. (laughs) One of the most, I've never actually seen the first R.I.P.D. And there's a reason because I've always heard it's terrible. And I heard it's not terrible in a fun way, but just terrible. And I'm going to watch it. I I told Captain Joseph on Twitter that, you know what? I'm going to watch it in the next week or two. And I'm going to report back on just how unpleasant it ends up being. But apparently just because, you know everybody's desperate to get any kind of pre-existing franchise back out there into the world. There might be an RIPD too. And it's still amazing to me that this movie was such a failure because if you're going to have two guys team up in a lead, Jeff Bridges and Ryan Reynolds are pretty much as good as you can get. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds. He's like one of my top five man crushes. I love that guy. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Well, Jeff Bridges is one of my top five man crushes. I, you know what? You're going to laugh. I don't think I know who that is. You don't know who Jeff Bridges is? Jeff Bridges. When I see you a ever photo seen of the him. Big Lebowski? Oh, okay, yeah, I know who the that dude. Is. Yes, yes. I I would love nothing more than to drink a White Russian with Jeff Bridges. That just sounds amazing. I want to like, I don't know why, but like looking at him, I want to like ride a dirt bike with him. Sure, I'm sure he'd be down for that. Like and jump it off of mountains and stuff. <laughs> he just like, seems like a cool guy, you know. He That's does. Why he's the dude. He's a cool guy. He looks like he likes fishing. I'm sure he likes fishing. And I'm sure he likes sitting on a porch smoking weed. I'm, he's yeah. just, you know, Jeff Bridges. It's hard to imagine him not as the dude, you know. It, it is hard to imagine. Well, I guess I can at this point because I've seen him in enough film roles. Like, it, it, He's one of those guys who's so good because he can be that chameleon where he can kind of play anything. Like, he couldn't look more different between... I can't really think of a film where he's clean shaven off the top of my head, but he's got those films where he can give this wholesome clean shaven look, but then he can play the dude and then he can play the fucking villain in Iron Man one with a bald head and a big gray beard. Obadiah Stane. 
Oh, so good. So good. But like, oh, dude, that's okay. Sorry. I had to, I had to interject. I totally didn't realize. Like, so have you seen Hell or High Water? He's in that. Yeah. He's great. He- dude. Hell or High Water is so good. It's a really oh good movie. Yeah, yeah. He crushed that movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's awesome. He's, he crushes it in almost every movie he's in. He's just a, a fantastic actor. The one movie where he doesn't crush it is R.I.P.D. R.I.P.D. And for the record, to give you some background, if you've heard us say R.I.P.D. before, uh, in lieu of just saying R.I.P., R.I.P.D. is a film from, I think, like 10-ish years ago at this point or something like that, where it stands for Rest in Peace Department. I think it was a comic book that they made into a disastrous film adaptation. And it should have been fun, and they just did a bad job. But um, the reason it said, I think, Craig had picked this up from the podcast comedy Bang Bang and kind of adopted it for our ways too because it's just fun to say say R.I.P.D. instead of R.I.P. for somebody dying and it's it's more fun when somebody kind of culturally dies you say R.I.P.D. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm down with it. I never understood what that meant, so I'm glad I have like context now that it means it's deportment. Just one of those things we throw out there that I think people will just kind of go with the flow on and not quite understand why it's there. Every now and then I like to do a little flight refresher for some of the verbiage we, the verbiage we use here. The Rhode Island police department. Yeah, that's what it means. We're talking about the Rhode Island <laughs> police department and just all the great work they do for the tiniest state. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Big. Okay. Let's, let's not talk about cops now. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm good. You know, I'm good. But- we can't yeah, talk about, we're not here to talk about cops, but we are here to talk about desperate single people. And <laughs> thanks to the lovely Kelly Hinkle, we got a batch update for you monsters this week. You've oh asked for it, boy. it's here. Oh, we got to I mean, the only response to a batch update is, oh, baby. Oh, baby. Okay, let's do it. Let's do this batch update. All right. So we'll give reactions as we LFG. go through. Yes. So feel free to just jump in with a, a reaction here but let's fucking <laughs> go let's so okay let's start off by talking about the framework for this current season of the bachelorette someone decided to take not one but two of the women left heartbroken by the last bachelor that annoying asshole clayton and make them both concurrently the bachelorette clayton was the previous bachelor his name was clayton clayton is not yeah Hold on, let me. Th- let, I want to see what this guy looks like. Clayton. What's the first Bachelor. thing you think of when you hear the name Clayton? Clayton, which is not a common name, mind you. Honestly, I think of a person made of clay. <laughs> a person made <laughs> like Gumby. Yeah, which is not. No, not even like fun like Play-Doh clay. I think of clay like, like underneath topsoil in the ground. So like, even less like clay even face like, from Batman. Yeah, just like yeah. not not an attractive thing at all. I think of the first episode of Chappelle's show where he plays a blind man who's racist against black he's a blind oh. black man who's racist against black people. His name's yes. Clayton Bigby. Bigsby. I forgot all about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's man. what I think of. Oh my god. Uh so have you have you found a picture of Clayton yet? I have. He's Does uh, he just look like a bachelor? Oh yeah, he does. Oh, I know someone <laughs> named Clayton. Oh, there was this guy I went to. I'm not. Mm, I, I don't care. You, you can bail. It's fine. Yeah. Well, uh, there was a person I knew in high school who went on to do a job in, let's just say, public service. Mm. And he got fired oh, because wow. he was distributing um, 
what the what Channel Eight News in 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 my area called hate porn. Oh, oh, how yes. about that? So what that's my only experience with someone named Clayton. So Clayton, what a a winning name right there. <laughs> Jesus, oh, yeah. that got dark quick. That got real dark. Very dark. Okay. You can, cut that two... you, uh, you can cut that out if you want, or we can keep it. Who cares? I'm fine keeping it. I don't care. I'll just roll with it. I've said worse. Yeah. Like, both of them, at the same time, are the Bachelorette in the same room with the same dudes. The two women are Rachel, an annoying pilot, which is a cool job, and Gabby, an annoying nurse with the worst case of vocal fry baby voice I have ever heard. So when I tell you I hate this woman, trust and believe me, I do. Ladies... I implore you, do not do baby voice. You are strong. You are a strong ass bitch, and you do not need to act like a whittle baby. Anyway, <laughs> excellent, excellent batch update so far. I was gonna say we need to make it. Uh, this is definitely Kelly talking. This here. is Kelly Hinkle's <laughs> This voice. is absolutely Kelly. This is uh, the opinions of Kelly Hinkle right here. But I might agree. Anyway. So super quickly, like three episodes, and it becomes clear that the stupid two-batch idea is completely untenable. Like, the girls like the same dudes. Some dudes only like one of the girls and not the other. Some dudes like both. It's a fucking mess. So then they decide that the dudes have to pick one woman, and the ladies have to split up the dudes. This leads to the most awkward rose ceremony, rose ceremony ever, in which Rachel would pick a guy and be like, Bob, will you accept this rose? And Bob has to be like, Yes, I don't like you. I only like Gabby. It was insane. Every cell in my body cringed. I thought that this was terrible. Be, I thought they were gonna like pick their teams, kind of like backyard baseball, and just be like, <laughs> "I want this guy on my t- on my team." Like they pick the people they're attracted to, so it's like a double thing. But I guess that's not what happened. No, they they just they always have to go for conflict on these shows, so it's about yeah. choosing just the most awkward, terrible way to proceed. That sounds really rough. And if you recall a couple weeks ago I kept it on on my iPad in the background while watching and really couldn't decipher what was happening and was very confused when I saw two bachelorettes, so now I have an explanation for why I was so confused. Yeah. Once they do this split-up thing, it gets all more standard, just with half as much time for the viewers to get to know who the fuck any of these people are. So every week you're watching, and you're like, wait, who is this dude? And you really can't answer your own question, because truly, who is this dude? You haven't seen him in four episodes. Please, God, put his name in a cryon so I can know what is going on. I can't believe they thought this was a good idea. Anywho... Fast forward to the last couple weeks in which everyone flies to Paris, and then the entire show moves to a cruise ship. As one like, does. As one does, of course. You know, I, who hasn't lived on a cruise ship for Flown a to Paris weeks? and just live on a cruise ship. And chosen their future spouse. I do it all the like time. Like, they're... All the time. Like, they're living on this boat, going to and fro a bunch of European ports, terrorizing each city with some contrived romantic bullshit. Somehow, one of the dudes gets COVID and has to go home, but everything just kind of kept rolling, rolling? Nothing can stop love, I guess. Not even respiratory disease. On the most recent episode, Gabby dumped a dude because he has a kid, and she doesn't want to meet the kid because that's a whole ass thing. <laughs> I can tell you as somebody who's been there, it is a whole ass thing. It's a whole ass thing. So, you know what? She's right. Rachel 
is like moseying along with a few guys whose names I couldn't tell you if you put a gun to my head. This is the point of the season when the word vulnerable is said a minimum of 678 times an episode. And if anyone can tell me what being vulnerable with a person actually means, I will Venmo you $5. Just at me on Twitter. Next week is Hometowns, which if you are not a sick person with no life who watches dumb shit like me, is the episode on which the ladies meet the families of all the dudes. And it's a real huge deal because it's the week before the sex room episode. And that's when shit gets real, real. Ooh. So is the sex room going to be in a, a windmill again? That's my understanding is that's where the windmill came from was the sex room episode, which is the thing they fucking do every year. And again, my whole experience with The Bachelor is through the secondhand news batch updates. So when I hear about this stuff, I just always think the windmill is still the high watermark of The Bachelor or Bachelorette to me. And the fact that they have sex rooms and they go meet the families and then go to the sex rooms, it's just all. Fucking bonkers. They need to make the sex room like a different obscure thing every season. So like they had it in a windmill next season. They should do like a lighthouse. And then the season after that, it should be like a space observatory. And like, you just make all these like sex rooms. It should be a lighthouse with Willem Dafoe screaming at them in the corner. (laughs) Avashi! Watch out for the cursed seagull. Oh man. What about a Pittsburgh toilet room? Oh, I mean, what's more romantic? <laughs> it's just a basement with the toilet sitting in the middle and maybe like a, a mattress in the corner. And that's the room. That's the sex room. Phil Kessel standing in the corner just watching. You know what? I can be into that. <laughs> He's just stuffing hot dogs in his mouth. <laughs> just watching everything. Yeah. Keep going. Evgeny Keep Malkin. going. Phil likes... No, this is a house of horrors if it's Malkin. (laughs) God. I'm glad our Uh, Malkin streak continue, though. Just, yeah. How many times have we talked about Malkin? It's been Malkin month. Malkamania, baby. (laughs) Malkamania. Hey, brother Malkin's here to watch you guys in the sixth (laughs) room. Oh, boy. That is a weird, weird thought. How about an Independence Hall one where they just go into a recreation of Independence Hall and they... They sign the document and they bang. I mean, ooh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, and then you wear powdered wigs and. What's another like small structure like this? So like the windmill, the White House. What's another structure kind of like that? <laughs> the White House is not a small structure. The Washington Monument, of course. Or like, like I shouldn't say small. Like just just an interesting structure like that, like a pyramid. That would be interesting. The Sphinx. A gazebo somewhere. A gazebo. But no, that, but that, I'm pretty sure there's a million. I don't know anything yeah. about The Bachelor, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot of gazebos. Yeah, I feel like I've seen. I've only seen one season of The Bachelor from start to finish, and there was I saw at least like five gazebos. That's where you get gazeboned. Oh, <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Thank you. I've been I've been thinking about actually I just came up with that. I, that's not one that I've had on the tip of my tongue for like 25 minutes, but it was uh, really good because that happens sometimes. That's usually my BSH radio appearances. I'll have something that I think of and then I'll wait for the first gap I can get. And then I'll be like, no, no, no here's the joke. Here's the joke. OK, I got it. 
I got it in. Hooray. So I, I'm excited. I want to keep getting a few of these, like maybe, I don't know if I'm going to get these every week, but every couple of weeks from Kelly, because this was a, a great rundown. Appreciate it from Kelly. And she ends it with, anyway, as usual, everyone on the show is wholly unlikable. And I have no idea why I'm watching it. Will I keep watching it? Absolutely. Because I'm a sick person. Well, Kelly, we appreciate your efforts because this was hilarious and I very much enjoyed this. And I enjoyed this more than keeping the episode on mute on my iPad and also ruining my Hulu <laughs> algorithm to have it on there. And occasionally seeing stuff where they go like, uh, Paris is just insane. Hanging out in the rain or whatever the fucking stupid rhyme was. Oh, my God. I'm like still thinking of what other... Are you thinking about sex rooms? Your structures would make a good sex. Yeah, I got sex rooms. How about the art museum steps in Philadelphia? That's a sex room right there. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, just uh, you got Rocky hanging over you. The top of um of the what's it called? How am I forgetting? The Burj the Khalifa. Oh, that would be wild. <laughs> like Mission Impossible three style. Or is it three or four? Whatever, whatever one that Tom Cruise is on the side with the suction cups. The top of the Space Needle in Seattle. That too. That's. Did it. you but know that the the slick? top of the the top of the Space Needle is a restaurant and it rotates? I've heard this. I have heard this. It rotates like a full rotation every like four hours or something. Like it's really it takes a long time to rotate. But like the fact that it rotates, I was like, oh my god, I had no idea. And it just plays the Fraser theme the entire time. It's tossed crazy. salad and scrambled eggs. And that's all they serve is tossed salad and scrambled eggs. It's a terrible restaurant. You would think they'd serve seafood. They don't. They're calling again. Well, as we know, the Kraken's name was almost uh, the Seattle. I heard the Japanese food is pretty good. Yeah, that came second, I believe. In it was the, close. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. almost that. It was almost that. It was Kraken. Then it had that. my vote. Yeah, thank you. You know, I, I tried hard to lobby for that, and I, I didn't quite win out on that. It's another whoop there it is situation for me, and I just keep failing <laughs> at these marketing ideas, and maybe I just need to stick to my lane. Don't quit my day job. Them's the breaks, folks. Well, Quigs, I think that's it. And just a quick announcement before we get going. So... Obviously, this is coming out early in the week, Monday or Tuesday, whenever the hell I finished editing. Uh, we are probably not going to have... Uh, so we're definitely not going to have a podcast the end of this week. Uh, so we probably not have a podcast for you until next weekend or Friday or whatever. So late next week, nothing else for this week. But we did record a Better Call Saul, I don't know, discussion episode that uh, I think a couple people liked. So check that out if you need your Stephen Quiggs fill. And there's a whole backlog of archives if you need more. And I recommend just going back and listening to a random one. How many of these have we done together so far? Uh, You're asking me to count, my friend? I cannot count. I don't even know when I... I don't even know when my debut was on this show. Well... I'll go look that up at some point, but it's no, you don't. It, it could not matter less. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. It hasn't been a whole while. It's been less than a year. So yeah, yeah, yeah definitely yeah. less than a year. Maybe, maybe a couple dozen, maybe, you know, maybe two dozen. Could be. Yeah. I don't know. Could be, but who knows? There's no way to find out. There's just simply yeah. no way to do that kind of math. No possible way. No possible way. I hate myself. So quick. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> if you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. Quigs, you got anything to plug and where can people find you on the Twitter machine? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Quiggs, and I have a story coming out tomorrow at the time of this recording. So when this is published, it'll probably be the day of or possibly the day after. I don't know. Um, but on Tuesday, August 23rd, I have a JVR season review coming out. One of the cornerstones of this wonderful competitive Philadelphia Flyers hockey team. Make him so, the captain. I think he should wear the C. I think he should have been wearing the C while Giroux was still here. Ooh, spicy meat of ball. Because he's a true captain. True leader. Yes. I like JVR. I think I, you know, if, if he was not 100% gone after this season, uh, I would consider giving him the C. But uh, yeah, no. Gone. He should be. No, gone. I could give a shit about JVR. Um, wow. Wow. Strong <laughs> words. Uh, Drew. All day. Um, yeah, so that'll be coming out on Tuesday. And then on Friday, I have a review about Travis Sanheim coming out. So that I'm actually really pumped to write. Make sure you spell his name right. Sanheim. 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 Some Heineken. So, uh, Jesus Christ. Oh, well, you know, we'll sand high five over that and call it a day. You can follow me at Estee Bomb or at Fly Purbly. If it's for hockey purposes, make it Fly Purbly. Follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey, follow Broad Street Hockey and Fly Purbly on Instagram and TikTok. Still haven't figured out what the fuck I'm doing with the TikTok at some point. I probably will. Folks, that's all we got. Thanks so much for listening. We love you all. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow 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 Most of the time we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Support for this episode came from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Last year, you may have made some smart decisions, and you may have made some not-so-smart decisions, like going all in on that one crypto exchange. The good news is making smart financial decisions is easier than you think. Smart Wallet's Smart Money Podcast has the weekly know-how you need to get ahead. Sean and Sarah, the hosts of Smart Money, break down the latest financial news and give you honest, objective money advice. Subscribe to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show freaking rocks. Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Stroh showed. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast, available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports Channel.
Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.